Hey guys, my guest on the podcast today is Mike Jackness. He was gracious enough to come on the podcast after I completely demolished the intro I was supposed to give him at the Rhodium Weekend event that we both attended. I was doing a Q&A with someone else right before Mike was scheduled to come up and I knew he was coming and I knew his name and I knew he had played professional poker, but I just could not remember very much about his business in the moment. So he um, has a long history now of being gracious to me. He runs the Ecom Crew website, blog, online community, and he also runs a seven-figure e-commerce business. He's had multiple successes in the e-commerce space and just an all-around fascinating human being. One of the things that we talk a lot about in today's episode is his experience of running his businesses with his wife. And there's good parts of that and hard parts about that. And we talk a little bit about that today on the show. Helping keep relationships strong is something that is core to the mission of Zen Founder and something that has been really important for Rob and I over the course of our marriage and our work with Zen Founder. So we just released a date night course. It's six videos to help you get connected, rekindle some romance with the person that you most love. It's short videos you watch, you go on a date, and we give you some conversation guides to help you have some different kinds of conversations. We cover all the big ones, conflict, goals, money, sex, the things that are both fantastic and can be hard about living life alongside someone else. So Mike and I touch on a couple of those themes today in our conversation, and hopefully you will find it to be both interesting and helpful. If you are interested in picking up a copy of the course, Date Night, you can go to zenfounder.com forward slash date night for your very own. Please don't hesitate to reach out to me with questions. Our episode last week was actually the audio from one of the videos. So that'll give you a little bit of a taste of what we're talking about and the general format. But for today, here is my conversation with Mike Jack Ness. We plan to talk through the issues faced by startup founders and the people close to them. That overused phrase, work-life balance. It is an amazingly focusing time. This is what we do, you know, aside from our families, this is our whole work life. I'm also known as Dr. Wine. and his or her significant other would both get value from the episode. Hey, Mike, I'm so glad that we could finally schedule some time to do this podcast. I actually stood you up for the first recording, which I feel super sad about, but it happened. Life happened. Things happen. It's, you know, life happens as you say, yeah, no, not a problem. I, I can't say your name. We discovered this early. Whenever I say your name, a certain Apple assistant thinks I'm saying her name. So I'll have to avoid saying your name, but thank you so much for having me on. My pleasure. I got, <laughs> I get to say your name, which is good. Yes. <laughs> so Mike, we met at Rhodium weekend a couple, I guess about a month ago, maybe a little more than a month ago now. And you are 
a big player in the e-commerce world. And there's obviously some overlap with that community and the Zen Founder community. So I know that you've done quite a lot of speaking and you run the e-com crew and then host the e-commerce fuel is the name of your... No, no, no. E-com crew. E-com crew. Yeah. E-C-O-M-C-R-E-W. Yep. Okay. I wasn't sure if you're podcast had a different name than your... No, we, we kept it all the same, but we are. I am speaking with you at uh, e-commerce fuel. So if anyone's coming to e-commerce fuel live, I encourage you to reach out to either one of us. Be happy to, to chat with you. We'll be there in person yep. together at the yeah. same time, yes. the same place. So what is your what is your latest business? You've had a few. What are you working on more recently? We've been trying to focus on e-commerce the past like five years. Uh, I, I've gotten better. I still have a problem with this, but I think the typical entrepreneur has a shiny object syndrome or squirrel disease, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and it's certainly been a problem for me over the years. Uh, so when we got into e-commerce, I'm like, you know what, we're going we're gonna to stay focused as, as much as we can on just e-commerce. And this is, I've justified some of the things that we've done and gotten into in my mind by saying there's still e-commerce. So we have four different e-commerce brands now, which is probably too many. And we also run a blog and a podcast and information site uh, and courses about e-commerce, which is probably more than we need to be doing. Uh, but I can say at least it's all it's all focused around e-commerce. Why why do so many different things? Do you you get an idea and you run with it? You see an opportunity and run with it? Like how does that how does that happen to you that you end up having all of these different facets to your business? Uh, I, again, I think I don't know if it's all entrepreneurs, but I definitely know a lot of entrepreneurs that have this problem of the thing that they're currently working on becomes boring, I guess is probably the best word or, or less intriguing. You know, it's, it's easy to, to come up with more thoughts of other, other things and get distracted and, and think that that next thing is going to be the be all end all thing that's going to like, you know, make the difference in your life or whatever it might be. And the reality is if you spent more time just working on what you're already working on, it probably would turn out better, but it doesn't have that, that dopamine hit that doing something new has. So you, you do that and then you realize there's probably you've you've gone to professional training. There's probably some actual word for this. After you uh, get into something, you realize that you probably shouldn't have, shouldn't have, or you got too much going on, and you have like the the ramifications of that that has a negative feeling to it. So it's a, it's an endless cycle. It sounds a little bit like a lesson you've learned from experience. Yes, <laughs> yes. Ha, is, has there been a point when when all of the shiny things have become too much? Yeah, and typically what ends up happening is that's. Uh, the burnout part of the, of, of the equation, which I uh, definitely have felt that quite a bit more lately. It, it seems to be like five to seven year cycles for me. You know, it, it, at some point you end up just getting burnout from it because you're running at full speed for an extended period of time. And at some point it just becomes, it becomes difficult, you know, to, to kind of sustain that. And it also becomes less exciting because for me, like I, it's typically at a point where, where it really comes to a head for me is where I figured out like how to get a business to the level that we're at. And then it's like less interesting because now to continue to grow, it's just trying to do the same thing, but just do more of it. And so for me, that becomes, it's so stupid because I mean, the whole idea of getting into business is to supposedly to make money. But for me, it's the other aspects of it that I enjoy the most. But when you are trying to do those aspects so much with so many different in like so many different business entities at a time, that's creating some burnout for you. Yeah, I didn't say that this made sense. <laughs> that's what that's <laughs> no, happening. I'm just clarifying. <laughs> what is what does burnout feel like for you? Like, where do you? What are the moments when you're like, oh, like I'm 
I'm fried or I'm burnt out. I just don't want to come in the office or be dealing with it anymore. Like dread and avoidance. Yeah, I think that that's that's probably the best way to put it. I mean, I haven't dealt with that in a while, but I can start to feel it creeping in a little bit with this business now just because it's kind of at that mature state. And again, we've kind of figured things out. And, and then also what ends up happening in a lot of these types of mature state, you know, more mature state businesses is the number of problems start to like exceed the number of things that you're doing new and exciting. Cause like, again, you're, you're trying to keep the business on more of a, a even keel and, and just kind of stick to the plan. But then there's like all the outside factors of things that become a pain in the rump. You got someone like we sell e-commerce. So someone copying your product and having to like go through a lawsuit, let's say, or, you know, send legal letters or a state wants to audit you for, for something or, you know, technology is constantly changing. You're having to constantly, you know, deal with, with, with some of that stuff. So like what you've already done is gets obsolete pretty quickly. And like, so like the, the cycle of these types of things like come more fast and furious than when you were in the earlier stages and it's just more of like a fun dorm room type project and the atmosphere is very different. Employees is another big one, by the way, uh, that I wanted to throw in there. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to, I was going to ask about that. Cause I think that can be a, a sort of burnout tipping point for a lot of people. They, they love the work, they love the technology, they love the marketing, they love sort of hacking, hacking it all together. But once you have other humans that are responsible or you're responsible too, then that becomes not so fun very quickly. Yep. And that number for us right now was 15. So okay. it's, I had 66 employees at, at one of the companies I started uh, back in 2004 at our, at our peak. And for, for me, you know, some, some people love that part of their business. But for me, like as much as I'm a people person, I do everything I can to make our employees happy. I think where I get burned out is when they don't reciprocate that feeling back. Definitely you get people that, that leave with no notice or, you know, they feel like you're not treating them right, even though like in a lot of it becomes youth and inexperience on their part. They don't realize like how good they might have it, you know, things like that. And, and I also think it's a generational thing right now. Like some of the younger people just have a different outlook on, on things. So it definitely adds to the, to the burnout factor. So lots more variables, lots more like potential contingencies that are hard. When you, when you begin to feel like the early creepings in of burnout, are there, are there things that you've learned over the years that are really helpful to you that you're like, okay, I'm starting to feel this way. Therefore, I need to make X change in my life or adjust my work in a certain way. I have not figured out a good way to do this yet. This is it, the, the thing that's tough about situational things in life is that they only come up so often, right? So it's like, if it's something you're dealing with every day, it's easier to adapt and understand yourself and how to how to correct for these things but if it's something that only comes up once every five to seven years right it's, it's hard to know the perfect way to, to deal with that so this is I think uh, trip number three on, on this merry-go-round and uh, we'll see how it goes this time if I can make any improvements yeah I I think that's one of the things that I love about the individual consulting work that I get to do is sort of like meet people in the exact specific situation that they're in and try to help problem solve whether it's it's a point in time stress or like how do I deal with this legal crap in a way that makes me like not go crazy or it's the sort of slow burn of the frog who's beginning to boil in the pot because it's all becoming a little bit too much. Those are those are different experiences and they need different kinds of intervention. I, I definitely have the frog in the pot thing that happens to me because even though like I, I know it's happening, like I'm really good at dealing with adversity. And like these are, I think, qualities of an like a successful entrepreneur is you got to be able to deal with a bunch of BS and just let it kind of fly off your shoulders. And 
I do that really, really well for a very long period of time until like the day that I... Until you don't anymore. <laughs> right. And it's just like, it's like almost overnight. It's just like, F this crap and I'm done. And the bucket <laughs> has <laughs> overflowed. <laughs> the no more, no more shit can be put in it. <laughs> yeah, that has definitely happened uh, for sure. And I, the reality is, is that I would be a better entrepreneur and a better human if I dealt with that in a better way. But again, it's... You know, when you're when you're going through life day to day, especially in a business and things are fast paced, you don't have time for that a lot of times. Just like I'm just going to deal with this, even though like I know that this may have a, a long term repercussion. I'm just I got to deal with this today, right now. Like this has to be solved, and um, that's just the way that it is. I mean, one of the things that I talk about and wrote about a little bit in in my book is that every kind of superpower has a shadow side. And I think you're perfectly articulating how you have this superpower of being adaptive and being able to deal with adversity and sort of just take it as it comes and roll with it and make it work. But the shadow side of that is that you, maybe not, you know, not you specifically, but you, someone like you, you call me out. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Is that you, you don't pay attention to to the point in which like, wow, this isn't actually good for me. You don't notice, you don't have that much capacity for self-reflection because you're always just adjusting to whatever external challenge is thrown at you. And, you know, certainly over the long run. I love the shadow side analogy. That's uh that's really good. I'm going to steal that. Well, I stole it from Jung, so. <laughs> okay, nice. <laughs> Sherry Walling via Carl Jung. <laughs> but I do think, I see it especially entrepreneurs because our strengths are sort of exaggerated. Like mm-hmm. the ability to focus, the ability to buckle down, the ability to bounce back after multiple failures. I mean, those are huge strengths that make us successful, but they also come with huge inverted problems without a doubt i mean those are like atypical traits right so i mean mm-hmm. it, they're edge traits right you're you're on one end of the normal curve or the other i mean they're they're anybody else that's looking on the outside looking in like thinks that we're sick and twisted it's like why the hell would you invest x hundreds of thousands of dollars in your business or you know, do x y and z it like makes no it makes no logical real sense right a lot of the times to, to like an outsider so you're right they're edge traits it's a, another good way to put it so you work with your wife, the, the two I of do. you. We're going to get have... to the real stuff that you want to talk about. <laughs> well, fourteen years. I mean, I don't talk. I don't talk with a lot of entrepreneurs who've partnered with their significant other for that long. So fourteen years of doing doing business and life with your wife. Yeah, I'm actually curious about the burnout piece. Does that happen for the two of you at the same time? Do you take turns? Is she superhuman and never gets burnt out? Like. How do you how do you deal with the burnout in the marriage and business partnership? Ugh, it's tough. I mean, I don't, I don't like I'm at a period right now where I don't know how how we dealt with it or how how to deal with it in some cases because it's definitely uh, been an interesting ride. And this is in, the thing that's interesting is this like the third thing that we've done together, and the other two we never had any any real issues with it like at all. Like I mean, that I can't even think of even a single small thing that came up that was a, a challenge. And this business has been different, I think, because maybe she relates to it more. The other two were just kind of outside of her purview. And she was involved and did a great job and helped a lot with the business. But this one's more, I think, a couple of different things. I mean, first of all, she she's Chinese. This was not planned, but it worked out great for an e-commerce business. Uh, I did not know this 12 years ago when I got married to her 14 years ago when we met, that her uh, Chinese uh, language skills would come in handy. So like she's, you know, so because of that, she's been the one personally like negotiating with manufacturers and having those conversations over in China. So she's like intimately involved from that perspective. She's also like an amazing graphic designer, but 
there's definitely some like turf issues that like definitely happen and it's been it's been a big challenge and then the other thing which we were talking about earlier today is just the the lack of separation the lack of I know that when I was dating back in, you know, well, I don't want to talk about, we already talked about how old we were earlier today, but I don't want to talk about that anymore. Back in the, back in the old days uh, when I would actually date. And even though I was an entrepreneur or I would go to work, I would, you know, go be away from my, my girlfriend for, for hours at a time, eight to 10 hours or whatever. And then, uh, and then come home and you'd have two or three hours to look forward to, to being with that person. And, you know, things are very different when it's been 12 basically nonstop or 14 nonstop years on those uh, since, well, let's see, yeah, since 2004. So it's been 14 years almost to, you know, to the day actually, since we started uh, doing this and it's definitely had you know, taken its toll for sure. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of time and it's hard. It's hard to grow together as humans at the same pace at the same like sort of schedule, right? Like, yeah, I think um, one of the things that I valued about having a different kind of career than then Rob is that I can have a part of my life where I can grow individually and separately and then bring that back into the relationship. And I think that definitely is important. Unfortunately, we missed that step. Um, and I, I think the other thing that's been a big challenge is that realistically, I'm, I don't know if she would agree with this. I think she would, but I'm the entrepreneur and she probably isn't. She's just kind of been, been there. Mm-hmm to support, you know, for, for sure. It's been like, she's the implementer or she, yeah, but not the one that necessarily wants to take some of the crazy risks or, okay, you know, and, and a lot of times like, you know, in the course of a day or whatever, like I'll just make a decision and, you know, have no problem with it, even though it to her might be like a major decision that like should require weeks of discussion before, you know, making it, taking an action for me. It's like something I only need to think about for four seconds and let's just, let's just go do this. And taking action a lot of times in my mind is better than getting analysis paralysis. So I'm typically the guy that will like, let's just give this a try and and move on. Or, you know, someone's looking at something to approve for me. It's just like, that's, that's good. Let's go. Like, let's move on to the next thing uh, where she'll want to spend in my mind. So it's like, you know, it's just an opposite trait. We're like too much time on, on one thing that isn't necessarily going to move the needle for the business. So it's, we have conflict with stuff like that. Yeah. But you've been doing it a long time. Do you think it's something that you may want to transition away from at some point? Or do you think it's it's a matter of like learning how to do it better or learning some new skills or practices? I think for us, it would be better to transition away. I mean, okay. I think we're kind of at that point where it would just... Plus, I mean, the business has been stressful to begin with. I mean, we've grown an eight-figure business in, since January or February of 2015. We're recording this. I mean, it's not even been three years or four years. So you know, that's a pretty fast paced growth environment. So it's taken its toll on me as well. Like we're part of, like most of me like enjoys it because like I thrive on that. It really, if someone asked what you do all over again, like it would be yes. Cause like, I mean, it was, it's awesome. Like it's, it's just a, such a thrill, but it doesn't come without the the shadow. Yeah. Yeah. The adrenaline is fun. Yeah. But it's also exhausting on your body and mind and relationships. Yeah. And we've made it worse on ourselves or at least myself because we're pretty public, right? So I mean, like we do the podcasts and the blog and speak at things and, you know, I publicly put out my goals every year and talk about them once a quarter. And so there's the additional outside pressure of having to hit that stuff when you say you're going to do something. If you don't, then it looks bad in front of everyone, which is is good from a perspective of like it keeps me motivated to want to do a good job because you want to look good in front of your peers but it also adds a lot of undue pressure that most people aren't dealing with. 
Yeah, we've we've talked a lot about that in our marriage, both in terms of yeah, how much of our life together we want to live in public. Obviously, we co-host Rob and I co-host the podcast, so many of the conversations about our life and sort of how we're functioning in our relationship that are that is more public than for many couples. But then I think doing your business in public can be it, yes, there are many benefits. There's accountability. It comes often with a community. It comes with support. You get a sense of being known. You're connected to others. I mean, you know, I, I know that there there's much value to be gained from it. I'm going to throw one more in there. I think it also allows you to meet a ton of people. And for me, that's been probably the most rewarding part of it is the relationships of like high profile people in this industry that we've been able to meet because of it. Yeah. Yeah. So it opens tons of doors, but I think there is an, it can really get wearing, especially when it wears on your family relationship too. I think for you, it sounds like everything, everything is almost too enmeshed, right? There's not any separations between your work and your home life or between public life and private life. And, you know, it, it can feel like hard to find your bearings in these different spheres of your life. And most of us do need a little bit of segmentation, right? We need to be able to move from one part of life that might be kind of crappy at the moment into another part of life. I mean, there are times when I like love going to work because my kids are making me crazy or because I'm <laughs> right. that my dad died and I just want to like do something else or think about something else, you know? So being able to move emotionally from one space to another, I think certainly can go wrong in its own ways, but it can be also really helpful and Sounds like maybe something you're longing for a bit. Yeah, no, we're definitely, I mean, we've been talking about how to how to deal with that. I mean, and we're working through that right now, like just how to transition to just a different phase of our lives to have less of that pressure. And it, it's probably time. I mean, it's uh, definitely kind of getting to that point. And it'll be tricky to figure out how to have a change in, you know, assuming she's maybe stops working in the business or you transition the business in another way, those kinds of shifts are very challenging, but often lead to a new set of life on the other side. Yeah. One thing I wanted to talk to you about, and and we just, I know I have just a few more minutes of your time, but I know you've been very shaped by spending, sounds like three years in in a developing country. And I, I I wanted to hear a little bit more about that and about the way that's shaped you as a as a business owner, as an entrepreneur. I mean, I, it probably changed me as a person more than anything. The other stuff comes... Out of you as a person. <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah. So when I, I moved down there, it was 2006. Where were you living? I'm from Washington, D.C., but we had moved to Vegas for a year because we were doing uh, poker stuff. So Vegas is kind of the epicenter of that. And we had decided to move to Costa Rica. We had some friends that were living down there. It was kind of like the the hotbed of expats going, just living in Costa Rica. It's like close to the United States. Time zone's good. A lot of English speaking people down there to be employees, et cetera, et cetera. And the re- the main reason that I, that I wanted to go down there at the time was for money. I mean, everything in my life kind of like revolved around money, uh, as, as horrible as it sounds. But I think that it's very easy to get sucked in, into that trap. And some people think that that's a good thing to be wrapped up in, in the money. And uh, I certainly did at the time, but I've definitely changed my philosophy on it. And it was the cost of living down there. So, I mean, we moved down there to save on taxes. Uh, you know, there's a tax break for for living abroad as a U.S. citizen. You still have to pay taxes, which is, you know, it's one of the few countries in the world that requires this, but we still had to pay taxes. But our, our blended tax rate was basically like 14%. We were paying 
very little compared to what it would have been to live in the U.S. And when I moved down there, my attitude was I just, I need more everything. Like it was just, I need more money. I need a, a bigger, nicer house. It was like, it was a nicer car, jewelry, clothes. I mean, it was, it was insatiable. Like seriously, like I could. So you're like, I get to move to Costa Rica so I can be a baller kind of thing? Basically, yeah. I mean, uh, and I was never really like a, a, a show off kind of thing, but like I still, like I, I wouldn't drive a, a Ferrari or, or wear like Armani suits, but I would definitely had the, I would like a nicer house or go stay at a sick hotel or go to a, you know, I was definitely in the, still in the food. I would like spend money on food. So everyone has their things that they would spend on, but like, for, it was just never enough. Like, I mean, you stay in the presidential suite at the Ritz and the next time you want to, you want like the whole floor, you know, it's just like, it's never, you can't go back to the best Western after yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. And you and it's not even just can't go back, but you still want like a bigger, better version the next time or, you know, so I mean, it just, I, I went through that for quite a while. And while I was living in Costa Rica, it was like some things became really obvious, most of which, you know, the average salary for an employee down there was $600 a month. And they worked, uh, or they still, they, they worked six days a week, 12 hours a day is like their, is their work schedule in, in Costa Rica. And we owned a compound of several homes uh, that, you know, my other couple of business partners, we all moved down there and bought, we bought uh, four homes all together. And so we had some guards and gardener and, you know, just, it's typical to have these types of things down there. And I was just like, man, these people are like way happier than I am. Like, like they're perceived, you know, what I would perceive to be doing this like menial job or manual labor job that like, you know, people would like look down upon. I, I never, I never had that attitude, but just in general society looks that way. And, but they're just like way happier. I'm like, what am I doing wrong? Like I have like literally all the money in the world, like living down here, I could have anything I could possibly want. And you just start putting two and two together. And someone had suggested to read some stuff about the like money happiness quotient and just like what actually matters in life and your relationships and friendships and stuff. And it, it definitely took, some time to like put it all together. And it also, it took a couple of almost like a, an addict, like, or an alcoholic, like relapses or whatever. So like, I, I thought I had that figured out, then I kind of relapsed back. And then I thought I had to figure it out and kind of relapsed back until, you know, it just became my life, you know, my lifestyle. Like I, I realized that that was like the actual right answer, at least for me, everyone's different. I don't want to put this all on anybody else, but for me now it's, I become like much more like a minimalist. I you needed a reset in what was yeah what was driving you yeah shedding belonging things just shedding like the the desire for a bigger everything or whatever and spending more time with friends or on myself or whatever it might be or experience I, mean, I like to travel so I've been to forty eight states and forty nine countries and spend my time and, and energy doing that type of stuff rather than driving a Bentley and showing off because what ends up happening. And what ends up happening is like, because you're hanging out with people that do that stuff, it, it's infectious. You get sucked into this like vortex of it's like really hard to get out of. Cause if you're driving a, a Honda and they're driving a Bentley, they'll like make fun of you. So like, you know, it's just like adult peer pressure with like money. Good grief. It's like, we're, we're all still 12 again, aren't we? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we definitely went through some of that down there. And you know, over time I just kind of, you know, I'm, I feel fortunate and lucky that I figured a lot of that out. You know, I, this is not like a consulting engagement, so I will like I will like try to analyze your psychology. <laughs> I'll take any any free uh, any free advice you want to give me. I'll take it. <laughs> but I I do feel like that level of of flexibility will be helpful to you as you solve this sort of new problem in your life, like this sense in which the relationship piece feels out of balance, or there's some things in your work and family interactions that feel like oh, I'm not quite healthy in this. Like I'm a little obsessive or my, you know, like something's off and you figured it out before. And I think you will again, especially if you're really listening to 
you're listening to the problem and you're listening to how you feel about these different aspects of your life can help you sort of identify, oh, this is a pain point. This is not, this works. This feels good. This doesn't. I agree. Yeah, I'm I'm hopeful for you. And obviously you've had a tremendous amount of success and 14 years of being like elbow to elbow with your significant other and having amazing success in your e-commerce businesses is something to be applauded. And then maybe you changed if it's not working anymore. Yeah, I think, it, you know, you change one aspect to to help with the other. It's all like kind of a pendulum or, you know, whatever. And a seesaw probably be a better, better analogy, but... I think that we need to take a little bit off the the business side of the seesaw and put it in the other parts of our life, right? For sure. And again, I think a place like Costa Rica is a good teacher about how to like come back over if you've gone too far in one direction or the other. It was definitely, I mean, it was, it's interesting because I didn't enjoy living there. Like ultimately I was, we, we, there, we were there three years and I'm really happy that I did it because it happened in a, you know, just a good moment in my life to like teach those lessons and it's really shaped everything else I've done in my life since then and allowed me to to not have to stress about money really. Cause like, I mean, we, you know, on, on the heels of like when we left there, our lifestyle changed to be much more minimalistic, I guess, and just you know, less expenses and stuff like that. So you know, we haven't had to worry about like you, you build a particular lifestyle, you know, let's say you're spending $50,000 a month on your lifestyle, like, like you become accustomed to or whatever. And the pressure to keep that is is really high because like you don't want to give up certain things or you're the what ends up happening i mean the reality is you're also worried about what other people are going to think of you if you like don't have that thing anymore and so like when i got over that type of stuff it made a big it made a big positive impact on my life that's awesome i'm glad for you for that thank you yeah obviously you do a lot of speaking and thinking about how to rocket in the ecom world um if people wanna wanna learn more from you or sort of follow your journey forward, what's the best place for people to uh, stalk you online yeah that's uh everyone stalks everybody nowadays right so it's uh, ecom crew e c o m c r e w the podcast on iTunes is named the same thing there's a blog at ecomcrew.com. We have courses. We have a bunch of free courses as well, uh, ecomcrew.com slash free. Uh, if you want to email me, support at ecomcrew.com is probably the best place. That way my assistant will actually make sure I get it because I'm bad with email. So ecomcrew is your is your deal. Okay. I won't get it wrong the next time I see you. Look, yeah, that was a funny thing. I, I didn't bring that up. I was going to make fun of you about that on the... Uh, well, not make funny, just razz you a little bit. That's just like how my personality is about the intro at, at Rodium Weekend. But I didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> So the backstory for those of you who are not, we, uh, Mike and I were both at the same event and I was emceeing the event and it was my first time emceeing event or co-emceeing with my friend Jason. And there were a number of intros that I just bombed. You're like, what's your name again? Oh yeah. Okay. So the wor- yours was the worst. Because- <laughs> it was pretty fun. I, I felt bad. I was like, oh my I gosh. Yeah. Cause I can tell so that you bad. were feeling bad about it. I'm like, don't feel bad. Like I, like I've had people call me way worse. Like it's not a big deal. <laughs> I didn't, yeah, anyway, I didn't forget your name, but all I could remember was your mic and you used to play professional poker, right? I but did, I had yeah, no yeah. concept of what your actual business was. Yeah, it's like, what the hell do you do again? It was because I left my notes in the back of the room. It's like, why are you here? Me. Why are you talking to us? Like, we don't do anything with poker so, here. So yeah, ladies and gentlemen, if you're looking for an MC <laughs> for your next event, <laughs> I will definitely forget all well, of I, I can't, I almost said your name. I almost screwed up because uh, the... Assistant would have gone off, but like you should, they should get you because now you're you're seasoned and experienced. There you go. <laughs> I have done all of my mistakes already. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> All right, Mike. Well, thanks so much for your time. And it's been fun uh, spending a chunk of the afternoon with you. Thank you. It was a blast. And we'll see you in New Orleans at e-commerce for your life. Absolutely. And if awesome. you are listening and you are going, then please do shout out and come say hi to us. All right, as we go into the holiday season, I know you are all looking for fantastic gifts for the person that you love. Please consider the gift of time, six dates, six evenings, afternoons, mornings, whatever, set aside for focused conversation about the things that matter most in your relationship. So if you're interested in checking that out, you can go to zenfounder.com forward slash date night. And feel free to sign up for our mailing list while you're there. I promise I don't send a lot of things, but I try to circulate some good content and material that really helps you in your life as an entrepreneur or the significant other of one. Thanks for listening to Zen Founder.